First readings from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40. And it's 12 to 17 and 27 to the end. And it's on page 725, if you want to follow it in the Bibles in front of you. It's page 725. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord, or instruct the Lord as his counsellor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting Lord the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is the word of the Lord. This morning's gospel reading is from Matthew uh, chapter 28 and it's verses 16 to 20 to the end. Um, you can find it on page 1000 and 1001 if you want to follow it in your church Bible. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Loving God, thank you for your words to us. Thank you for the revelation of who you are. 
that we can love you, uh, be in relationship with you, and that through your revelation we can know you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please do be seated. So, as I said, today is Trinity Sunday, the Sunday when clergy and congregation alike groan under the weight of trying to formulate and listen to sermons to explain a doctrine about God which has not been agreed or pinned down exactly in 2,000 years. In fact, over that time, we have been better perhaps at saying who God is not and deciding who is a heretic uh, than for saying otherwise. Saint Augustine, who is one of the great fathers of particularly Western Christianity, um, a doctor of the church, uh, wrote a famous text on the Trinity. It took him many years. It's called De Trinitata. Um, he didn't consider that it was finished or good enough to be published, but uh, everyone else did, and so it was. Um, and he spent many years trying to understand and articulate something of who God is. And one day, Augustine was walking along a beach and he saw a little boy with a seashell. Um, And the little boy was running back and forth, as little people do, uh, from the sea to a small hole that he had dug in the sand. And Augustine watched the boy scoop the water up and go and put it in the sand in the hole. And he asked the little boy, what what is it you're doing? What, What are you doing here? This seems futile. And the boy replied, I'm trying to put all the sea into this hole. And Augustine said, well, that's impossible. The whole sea won't fit in the hole. And the boy paused and said to Augustine, well, it's no more impossible than what you are trying to do to understand the mystery of the Holy Trinity with your small intelligence. Augustine turned his head from the boy to contemplate this great truth. And as he turned back uh, to speak to the boy, the boy had disappeared. And Augustine understood that God had been teaching him something about humility um, when it comes to speaking of the things of God. The language of the Trinity is given to us as a gift, believe it or not, as a gift from the ancient church in order to describe who they have seen and understood God to be, how they have experienced God, knowing that there are certain truths about God which have been passed on 
uh, from the beginning, from the people of God uh, down the ages. But knowing that God cannot be contained by words that we speak. So scripture teaches in the uh, in Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament um, something we share uh, with the uh, Jewish faith, uh, but which is found in our scriptures as well, is, is an ancient Jewish prayer called the Shema. Um, and the Shema goes, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Elohenu, Adonai Echad. Uh, and it means literally, hear Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord, one. Echad is one. And we have it translated in different ways. So hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. Or hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is your Lord only. This Lord is the only God that you have. And the truth is, you know, scripture, the language of scripture is often kind of a bit ambiguous deliberately. It can mean these two things. God is one and we are to worship only this God. And for the people of Israel, um, who, for whom this ancient prayer was very significant and is still significant today, um, they were surrounded by a pantheon of gods to choose from. And in that situation, in that circumstance, both of those truths were important to know. God is one and you only worship this God it's why they got into so much trouble, because they didn't do that. God is God. We don't worship a host of gods. We have a faith which is known as monotheistic. And we proclaim that there is only one God. And out of the choices which are offered to us, We worship only that God. So when the story of God uh, continued from the Hebrew scriptures, we were moved. And we moved from the proclamation in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth to the beginning of John's gospel. In the beginning... The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and lived with us. And so when that happened, what is it we are now saying about God? We have a dilemma. Because God is in creation as a human being, and yet we don't really want to say about God, do we? That creation has contained God. How can that be true? Surely God is bigger than it all and still continues to hold it all together. And then, as we know from our last few weeks of uh, the readings in Scripture and what we've been celebrating, 
John goes on to say, and I will ask the Father, well, Jesus goes on to say in John, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. So now God is outside all of creation. God is inside creation as a human being who has lived with us and who is now glorified and ascended. And God is in us and abroad in all of creation. God is outside creation. God is a human being inside creation, glorified and ascended. And God is abroad in creation. These are the truths that we want to say from scripture. And we want to say, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Elohenu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. This Lord only. We are not polytheistic. We do not have three gods. We have one God. You can see where they ended up trying to use language to describe this God. So the language of the Trinity, or the tri-unity, Father, Son, Spirit, one God, now and forever, becomes the way in which we are able to say something of who this God is without our heads exploding. But if we think for one moment that we have placed God in a nice little Trinitarian box where we know everything about God and know how to speak of God, then we have missed the point and we know we need then our own encounter with the boy on a beach. Moving forward from Augustine, John Calvin, who was one of the great reformers of the church, said this, For who, even of slight intelligence, does not understand that, as nurses commonly do with infants, God is wont in measure to lisp in speaking to us. Thus, such forms of speaking do not so much express clearly what God is like as accommodate the knowledge of him to our slight capacity. To do this, he must descend far beneath his loftiness. God uses baby talk to reveal something of God's self to us. We simply do not have the capacity to understand the fullness of who God is. The Trinity is a wonderful and great picture of who God is. And it is God's kindness to us. We are babies 
before God. Which is a bit of a relief. A bit of a relief. As Christians, it is important that we seek after God. That we intentionally spend time with God, reading and saying our prayers and searching the things of God. But there is also a peace that we have, that we are given a gift of being allowed to rest in God, knowing that we cannot find God through our own intelligence, striving after kind of abstract knowledge in that way. And that God's kindness and mercy to us is a revealing of God's own self to us. And it's through God's own revelation that we truly begin to know God. So through these two things coming together, our almost turning ourselves, orientating ourselves towards seeking after God and God's revealing God's self to us, that we can find God. And this comfort is actually what that text in Isaiah 40 is all about, this um, sort of fitting together the idea of a God who is unknowable and unsearchable and above all things, but who in that anyway comes to be with us. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read that to you again. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Um, So it's uh, 23 verses. It's not hugely long, but you might like to just uh, get your bodies ready. Um, Sit comfortably. Um, Don't be distracted by, you know, your not being in a comfortable position. Um, and as I read it, um, what I'm going to invite you to do, we're going to join in, it's a, it's a participation of, of us together listening for the word of God come to us in that particular chapter. Uh, so afterwards, I am going to invite you to share if there was any particular word or phrase or sentence which just jumped out at you, which the Holy Spirit was saying, okay, this might be for you this morning. If you want to share that, that would be great. Um, you know, if, if you feel too shy, that's okay as well. But I'm going to offer that after I read this. So I just want you to know that now. Because sometimes there's just that word that is illuminated for us. And I believe that that is God speaking to us. Because it's a living word, the Bible. And uh, in, through as you read it with the Spirit... Um, God speaks to us in a living way today. Comfort, O comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid. 
that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass, and their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Get up, get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, The Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor has instructed him? Whom did he consult for his enlightenment? And who taught him the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Even the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as dust on the scales. See, he takes up the isles like fine dust. Lebanon would not provide fuel enough nor are its animals enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? A workman casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. As a gift, one chooses mulberry wood, wood that will not rot, and then seeks out a skilled artisan to set up an image that will not topple. Have you not known? Have you not heard? 
Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth, when he blows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see, Who created these? He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint.